Raising Kids with Self-Esteem. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. Your role as a parent is a pivotal one in helping your children feel good about themselves. Yes, it's about expressing unconditional love, but it's also about giving children the opportunity to problem solve on their own and to build resilience. With us today to discuss this rather thorny topic are two child therapists with SBH Behavioral Health Services, Jenna Cooper and Kevin Green. Welcome. Thank, Thank you for having us. Thank you. Jenna, let me start with you. When it comes to instilling self-esteem and getting kids to feel good about themselves, who is most important, parents, peers, or teachers? I think that it's a combination of everyone. Our identities are so enmeshed into our peer relationships at a certain age. But, you know, in uh, infancy and toddler and early childhood, your parent is so significant in your developing self-esteem and confidence. But once, once you enter school, the other adults in your life, teachers, school staff, do hold a really important place in that process. And our peers then become the people that we are trying to attract. And so our self-esteem is key to how we interact and what our relationships look like. It all starts from our parents and it moves through our lives into adulthood. And our parents, you know, have a significant role in developing this through our childhood and adolescence. Yeah. So so again, how how soon can a parent, you know, become really important in a child getting self-esteem, Jenna? Is it like when they're a few months old, when they're a year old, when they're toddlers? How soon does it begin? It begins immediately. Infants are very aware, even if we don't actually give them credit for being aware of their surroundings. But infants feel tension and stress. They feel you know, they feel love and support. And so hugging them and praising them is integral to even infancy. You know, you encourage an infant, right? When a child is learning to walk, if a child falls down, you don't say, okay, just stay down there. You encourage them to get back up and keep trying. And that is praise, but actually the praise that we want people to see that, that that support is what matters. It's it's less about perfection and more about the effort and the and developing the confidence in the skill. Yeah, uh, Kevin, I, I sent you and Jen an article a few weeks back uh, in the Washington Post about the danger of being too quick to praise a child. You know, when they do something that isn't a, a full effort, and you say, "Wow, that's great." As parents, do they make that mistake? Can you overpraise a child? Absolutely, and it's not as impactful if uh, you're praised too often. You want to show sincerity. Obviously, you want to show unconditional love, but you want to be sincere about it instead of keep saying the good job, you know, with everything. Because otherwise, it's not as impactful. And again, it's up to the parents to model that it's okay to fail. It's okay. No one is perfect, and you know, and, and it's okay to, you know, to make mistakes. So I, I think it's the parents that uh, are the harsh 
critics, uh, you know, as well, it's the complete opposite that also, uh, you know, has a lot of issues with it too, you know, because then you can lower their self-esteem as a result. So, but uh, yeah, you can actually overpraise. You know, on, on something you just touched on, Kevin, is it important for kids to see that mommy and daddy make mistakes, that they're not infallible, that, you know, they're not always successful? Yeah, uh, you have to practice what you preach. I think it's important for parents to be honest and upfront with their with their kids, especially as they get older, that it's okay to make mistakes. You know, again, it just helps kids believe in themselves and feeling liked and feeling accepted that it's okay that even if they didn't score 20 points in the basketball game and they scored two, you know, just to help them understand it's okay they tried. And that's always another game. There's always another day. This was an off day. And sometimes parents have the off days. Parents aren't perfect. And, but I think it's important for parents to just be upfront and honest and model for them to help them understand that because otherwise kids will put too much pressure on themselves. Parents put too much pressure on themselves and they start questioning, am I a good parent? It's, it's normal to make mistakes. And even as a clinician, it's important for them to understand that we're not immune to mistakes either. And they, and I can model for them that it's okay to make mistakes as well. Yeah, but, but Jenna, isn't it a, a sort of a, a thin line between showing unconditional love and, and also maybe pushing a kid to succeed, to do, do things properly? You know, there's many reasons parents have kids and many reasons parents direct their children into certain facets of life. And sometimes it's because they have unfulfilled dreams and some of that unfulfilled dream might be just they want them to be more successful than themselves, right? That's everyone's hope is that your child is more successful than you. And and so we've created a world where sometimes success is measured maybe in an inappropriate way. And so we measure success by our education, by our competencies in different activities. The more activities you can do better, the more successful you are. And so I think that unconditional love, it is, I'd be hard pressed to say that there isn't a parent who doesn't love their child unconditionally. But unconditional love has nothing to do with promoting success for our children. Part of unconditional love is accepting your child's mistakes and failures and helping them through that process. Because no one is perfect and we actually, all of us, are always making mistakes and, and learning and growing from those mistakes. I mean, that's just the human nature of our abilities. So, Jenna, I think we talked about this before, but a lot of schools, like Little Leagues, they give trophies out to everybody. You get a trophy for showing up, basically. Mm -hmm. Is that a mistake? I would say that it's it's more detrimental because we, we know that outside of our childhood and those activities, our successes are, are measurable and people do measure them. And there are people who are more successful in certain things than others. And it's okay to be able to say that I was more successful in this than I was in this. By giving a child a trophy for just being on the team is not allowing 
people who maybe have been more successful, children who have been more successful to be appreciated for their skill. It's saying to the child who was not as successful, it's great having you on the team. We'll do team outings. We'll, you know, acknowledge all the work and the team effort. But, you know, here's maybe where you can do better. Let's practice your swing. Let's practice your fielding. And helping kids work together to even mentor each other and grow rather than say, you just all did fine. Here you go. Here's your trophy. Yeah, Kevin, along those same lines, I, I know when my kids were little, I never let them win. You know, whether it was playing Scrabble or whether it was shooting baskets or wrestling or whatever, I always felt, you know what? I'm not going to let you win. Is that good or bad? That is actually uh, helpful because kids are very shrewd and they'll know that you're purposely throwing the game. And actually, it does impact a person's self-esteem. And part of the self-esteem is learning how to handle stress and life's challenges. And, and again, you're modeling for them that it's okay you know, to, to lose. It helps with self-control. It helps them through trying new things, taking risks, not giving up so easily. Because a lot of times kids are very hard on themselves and they lack the self-confidence and they feel like, and they doubt that they can do things well. But again, when you are able to you know, be honest and, and help them through the failures and it's okay and help them believe in themselves and be more confident, then they're, as they get older, they're going to try to do things and motivate themselves. Yeah, you know, also you, you hear people as adults who say, you know, growing up, my parents, I, I never pleased my parents. I never felt that my parents were happy with what I did. And I would think that would really affect your self-esteem. That would be an issue too, wouldn't it? Yes. You know, again, people with low self-esteem, they are often withdrawn, depressed, anxious, sad. They're always worried of failing. Even as teenagers growing up, they have trouble following rules. Uh, they get frustrated easily to give up. So again, our overthinking failure, and that kind of ties into not wanting to try new things, not wanting to take you know, healthy risks. So yeah, again, when you have good self-esteem, you feel like you feel accepted, you're more confident, you believe in yourself. You actually say no to risky activities. You stand up for yourself if you're being bullied or targeted um, and just, again, going through handling the realities of, you know, stress and life challenges, especially we're in the middle of a pandemic here. So, yeah, it's everything just ties in. Um, but I think oh, also, also um, you're resisting peer pressure growing up if you have better self-esteem. So, yeah, everything ties in. You know, Jenna, um, you know, I know as parents, you hate to see your kids struggle. My feeling is you also have to balance it with the fact that as a parent, you're your child's advocate. You know, if you're not going to stand up for your child, who is? But, but that's also a balancing act, isn't it? Being a parent is, is the hardest job that anyone has. You're taking on raising people. And when parents are struggling, it is evident to a child. And so hiding that is also not a good thing. Advocating for a child that needs advocating is 
a huge part of being a parent, but it's also helping your child to understand that, you know, in certain situations, maybe advocating is not what's needed. Maybe improving themselves is what's needed. We see a lot in the same with the the trophies. We see a lot in our current environment when they advocate, my child is the smartest, my child has done the best, my child it's as a parent is being able to recognize your own failures, but also being able to recognize that your child is going to have their own mistakes and be able to work with your child to grow and and accept the fact that your child might not be the best. And part of the advocating process is not pushing that thought. It's pushing the need to support and help and uplift the child. Jenna, let me ask you another, another question. You want to build your child's self-esteem. Let's say your child is not an athlete. As a parent, should you identify those areas where your kid is special, whether it's doing art or drama or doing something different and, and trying to get them exposed to areas where maybe they can feel good about themselves? Definitely. You want to help, uh, you know, first steps, I think, would be to really start to talk to your children about what they're interested in and what they enjoy. And if they enjoy video games, I understand that video games is a sore subject for many, but maybe helping them to better those skills, maybe join them in a game, help them, you know, develop the habits and setting limits around playing video games. You know, we talk a lot about people playing video games too much right now, but setting those limits and and understanding that, You can be, you know, great at something and it doesn't have to be all the time and working for them with them to see that there are other aspects. You know, I love video games, but maybe I actually also love drawing and I've not really done it because I play video games six hours a day. Okay, so then let's direct your child to do more drawing. We all have many interests and many abilities, and I think it's helping your child highlight what they like and hone their skills, but, you know, also saying you might not be perfect at everything, but let's, let's develop your interest because the more that you develop your interest, which might only be two things, the higher your self-esteem is going to be. Kevin, you know, even when you have really good parents, kids can have self-esteem issues, right? Yes, but again, it's really about having that positive attitude and they can feed off your energy. And again, just what Jenna was saying before is really taking an interest in what the uh, kid or teen likes um, and just listening to them, listen to how, how they're feeling. You know, if they start getting hard on themselves, modeling for them. Just again, when you maintain a positive attitude and you're not so harsh on them, like, don't be so lazy. Uh, it it has a better impact and it really can impact a person's self-esteem as, as they grow older. And when they start doubting that they can't do things well, it's about having a positive attitude and see what, what their interests are, what their strengths are, and focusing on that, focusing on the effort, focusing on the progress rather than just the results. Okay, well, let me give Kevin the last word here. Parents make mistakes, obviously, and even listening to this broadcast, if they've realized realize they've made mistakes. Do they have a right to have a do-over? I think so. Just as much as see kids and teens are resilient, parents 
are equally resilient and it's okay. Again, it's really modeling that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay. It's important to apologize and own up to their actions as well. And, and that builds trust all around for everyone. And it's really impactful on the uh, parent-child or parent-teen relationship. Even when we're doing this work as a clinician, you know, as far as teaching healthy coping skills and thoughts and behaviors and strategies, and we do offer praise and support. But again, it's really about helping patients solve problems and dealing with failures and noting their strengths and focusing on that as well. You know, obviously being a parent is a tough job. I really thank the two of you for giving us some important advice today. Uh, Jenna Cooper, Kevin Green, thank you for your time today in SBH Bronx Health Talk. And I hope we can do it again. Sounds good, thank you so you gave much. Us a, you, gave us a, you gave us a lot to think about. For information on services at SBH Health System, visit sbhny.org. And thank you for joining us. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.